lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. You got Mike and Mike here as usual. Today is April the 6th, 2021. This is episode seven of the podcast. I don't, where the hell has the time gone? Seven episodes. Mike, what like? You, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of blurred together, but uh, not in a bad way. It's uh, really nice to have other people join us today, and uh, the word's getting out there. We've got a couple of people with a really good thing that they're doing that we want to share with everybody, and it really, I think, aligns with what our every day approach to this podcast is it is the lighter side but it also has a really high element of importance to it and i'm really looking forward to hearing their message and sharing it exactly i've been absolutely stoked for this podcast for probably i don't know maybe about a month since we've been kind of going over it uh Ange and i have been talking this about this a little bit and getting this going i'm so pumped we've got support retired legends on the podcast today three exceptional people on here that are doing some amazing work when it comes to the retired canine or pds whatever organization you're with when it comes to law enforcement in canada whatever you call it they are our fur missiles they are the land sharks they are the amazing four-legged animals that go out there and have our backs every single night especially if you're in a big municipal uh policing area or jurisdiction they are the ones that you love hearing are on the way they are 17 they were coming to the rescue they are the ones i love hearing are on the radio and coming my way i've got aaron andrea and jay i hit you guys up in that order only because it's alphabetical not because you're not any more important jay i mean obviously or is it andrea ladies first jay <laughs> so so a little bit guys what i want you to do if possible just give me a quick brief kind of summary about your experience uh, what line of work that you're in and uh yeah and then we'll get into our tradition of breaking donut let's start over with aaron a aaron hit me up buddy of course i'm starting out first uh okay well my name's aaron you already introduced me there i'm working out in abbotsford right now been out there since 2003, worked patrol, a little bit in the ERT and PDS, Kiso Canine Unit, and currently more on an admin role, but I can get to that later. Uh, that's not really that important, but but yeah, that's kind of uh, in a nutshell who I am, and I'll turn it over to Jay and Andrew. Very cool. A- Andrew, Jay, I'm going to let you guys pick. I'm not getting in the middle of that. Well, I'll let the uh, ladies go first. So what I'm going to talk about is... <laughs> Uh, so I've been a police officer about uh, 16 years now. I did uh, just under five in, in patrol or GD, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, managed to land a spot in PDS. Uh, started out with Tyson, and we worked together for almost five years, and then with Desi for another four. And uh, through that, we, well, Tyson and I, we were, we were attached with um, uh, ERT. With Desi, we did some tack troop work. And Desi just recently retired. She's nine, just over nine. And I'm back to patrol as of uh, January. So I'm learning how to be a cop again. <laughs> I, I actually have to be a slave to the radio again. 
<laughs> so, all right, awesome. Uh, and Andrea, I think you're kind of bringing up the rear on this one. So fill us in. What's going on? Yeah, short and sweet. I'm going on 13 years uh, with New Westminster. I'm currently with the street crime unit, um, which is kind of like our surveillance drag property crime team. I've been there for just over three years now. Fantastic. So we have three Leos in the office, first responders. And like Mike was saying earlier, this podcast is for first responders by first responders. Hence why we are so excited to have you guys on the podcast today. What we're going to do, though, is the Unreasonable Grounds podcast tradition. And everybody loves it. We hit it up. We need to break donut. And if you guys are unfamiliar with this, this is what we do. This is our tradition. <laughs> Instead of breaking bread, which would be a common thing, you sit down, you meet people, you have conversation, you break bread, you have a meal. No, we do it in a special kind of way. We're doing it with donuts, cop cookies. So let's do it. Let's break donut, guys. Bring out the donuts. Tell me what you got. I'm going to go in reverse order this time. Ange, what do you got? Well, I'm going to pick the one that's closest to me. And it's the classic chocolate. Classic. Uh, Solid chocolate dip. All right. Well, good choice. And and, and obviously, I can see where it's from. But where'd you get it from today? Uh, Well, I had my wife pick it up at uh, Tim Hortons. (laughs) (laughs) She's a keeper. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Jay, what are you selecting from the box of mystery? Today, I'm going to select the Boston cream. Yes. Yep. You never know how much you're going to get. Go ahead. So you got your Boston cream in here from Tim Hortons. You got it from DHP. We call it obviously on surveillance, dead hockey player or TH, Timmy's, whatever you're calling it. We are talking about the OG when it comes to donuts in Canada. And I guess if you want to call those weird American Tim Hortons, whatever you want to call those ones, but well done. Good pick. Boston cream, chocolate dip. Aaron, what do you got? I'm a sucker for chocolate, and I love the chocolate glaze. Oh, solid. And again, Tim Hortons. Look at that. Flip that over. Flip it over. And, and give us a little sign of that one. You even have the drying rack marks on oh, the back. Oh, yeah. You know it's quality when you got the grill marks. It's- now, I'm going to be disappointed if you guys don't have some fancy donut over there. What? You guys are raving Ooh. about these incredibly fancy donuts. Well... So, Mike, I'm going to go to you. It's yeah, like, uh, I got to take the next one just so we don't break the uh, Tim Hortons uh, <laughs> streak here. Now, uh, Fancy donut. To uh, get close to the camera, for those of us that can see the visual here, I've got the fancy individual box here <sighs> for the what? chocolate hazelnut eclair. Just to fuel your long john debate that's never ending, Mike. Do we even have that here? <laughs> I've never seen that before. I think they're new. It did have a little new sticker. The oh. the mini. I actually went with the intention of getting full type one diabetes uh, <laughs> mini egg donut, uh, but apparently they didn't have those anymore. But there was this, so diabetes will still likely be achieved. So. It, it will be just type two. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's keeping score. <laughs> well, well, fantastic. Uh, I I know Mike. We had a previous conversation probably about five minutes ago about uh, which donut I was going to choose. Uh, I think you're going to stick with Aaron on this one and everybody else. Is I have to go with chocolate. I, I can't oh, yeah. not go with chocolate today. So for my donut, I already got it all over my hands. I love these little audio bits that we get into, especially when I keep them in the yeah. actual podcast. So today, 
we've excessive lip smacking about to commence here. This is fantastic. So today I have the Coombs. I think it's called Billy G's Donuts. Now, if anybody's ever been on Vancouver Island and you're heading from Parksville, where I'm living currently, uh, driving towards Port Alberni, you will see Coombs. It's a crazy little place with goats on the roof, and uh, like there's literally billy goats up on the roof of the building and it's this big tourist trap they have a donut shop there and i love talking to these people they're absolutely amazing they make a solid solid donut so today i'm rocking billy g's i'm rocking the chocolate dip guys thank you so much for coming on the podcast let's break donut done cheers cheers i think i've had these before <laughs> <laughs> this thing is so good i'm good i'm gonna have an extra bite Mike, just for you, uh, there is filling in this eclair, just for your stats. Hey, Mike, I hate you. <laughs> Available at Tim Hortons in Harewood. <laughs> oh, God. It's like going to Wally. Can you drink wine on a podcast? You absolutely can. I actually encourage it. Asking for a friend. As she says, podcast. The podcast. Are you are you like me? You're from Southern Ontario, anywhere near the New York border, where they say podcast. Now you go get some nachos and tacos. No, All right, just... <laughs> Jesus. So, guys, uh, the reason why obviously we have you guys on the podcast, and we're so grateful that you came on. But the main thing is because of the fur missiles, because of the canines, because of the PDS units that are out there, and they are in need of support. And this is the main reason that you guys started up this whole thing with support retired legends. But I want to give you the opportunity to be able to do something for us. Now, I feel like usually in the community, especially growing up, I mean, my dad was a police officer. Mike's been always been surrounded by law enforcement as well, too, in one way or another. And... I never really had a real appreciation for the PDS units and we did have them back home, but we never really understood who they are, what the characters were like. So I want to give you an opportunity to tell me a little bit about your fur, your fur missiles. So I'll start up with Aaron on this one. So, so yeah, I, I, where it started for me, I, I was, I used to coach hockey before I was ever a member. And, and the, one of the guys I coached hockey with was turned out to be my mentor and he was a, he was a, he's now retired, but he was a dog handler. And I took love for dogs back, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, before I was hired. And, and uh, once I got hired, I started coring, imprinting, understudy, whatever you want to call it. Yes, yeah, so I've worked, I've worked four dogs, but been involved really with six. And yeah, it's been, it's been a job that I've absolutely loved and, and uh, one that I wish I could continue to still do, but glad to still be involved in it in some way or capacity now, which is kind of what we're getting into now. So um yeah i'll turn it over to jay and, and Ange on it and we can talk more specifically about the dogs but i'll just turn it back over to them um getting into policing um i i was building houses before i got into policing and uh i was building a house with my dad and we were building a house for a dog handler and uh i just wanted to be a cop and i was in the process but all these dog handlers would come over to the house we were building and they check it out and they they talked to the uh, the boss there that we were building a house for, and uh, I always thought that was pretty neat. And one day I got the call saying, "Hey, um, you know, you're hired with Delta Police. Are you going to uh, be able to come to the academy? You know, this date from a week from now because we had someone drop out." And so I I put down the phone and I, I yelled over to my dad and the uh, the dog handler said, "I quit." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, from there, I got into policing and 
and uh, you know, four years later, I I was selected to to become a canine handler, and and I don't want to get off topic too much, but it's just it was always a blast, you know, playing with the dog all day and getting paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's incredible even to hear then at four years getting the opportunity to be able to do that. I mean, obviously, you know, the organization that I work with, you know, we get guys that go for, you know, 10, 15 years before they get that opportunity. So that's incredible, dude. That's like, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Even just the four years getting in, that's huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, it's a lot about timing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about your dogs as well, too. The ones that you guys have uh, right now. So we've got uh, Tyson. He is my first dog. And he was originally bred for Vancouver police. But they didn't have a spot for him at the time. So Delta purchased him. And him and I trained together. And it was a great bond. I know I, uh, trainers would always make fun of me back in the day because they said, you know, I don't get it. You talk to the dogs like you're just talking to another person. But the strange thing is, is he seems to understand. So <laughs> we'd have That's this, awesome. We'd have this conversation and, and my sergeant would bug me because I'd have the most bloodiest hands that anyone, anyone he's ever seen. Because Tyson would always bite my hands because I would steal his toy when we were playing. But, um, you know, it was all fun and games. And, and the whole the whole job is about, you know, the dogs having fun. And that's what makes them want to work. And that's what makes them uh, good good dogs for, for street work. And then uh, fast forward, picked up Desi when Tyson retired. And she's an awesome dog. She uh, is a great tracker. It's it's amazing how it surprises me every day how well she can pick up a scent and just follow it till she finds the guy or it ends. And she was actually a reteam as her, her previous handler uh, was able to get a job in Innisfil, Alberta as a trainer to train puppies. Uh, Desi was too young to retire at the time Tyson was just retiring and I, I said hey you know I need a dog you've got a really good dog I'll, I'll gladly take her and retain with her so she had a previous handler and, and was able to take her on it was, again perfect timing and yeah she's done great both dogs have you know been there to, to have my back save my life so we can talk about that later yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, awesome. uh, I, I'm kind of in the midst of, I'm still not quite done it, but I'm, I'm reading right now the uh, Dog Lover Unit as well, too. So it's just one of those books. And, and uh, you know, I had to get this real appreciation for the bond. Like you said, it's the imprinting that Aaron was talking about, the the quarreling, like everything that goes along with that. And the fact that you guys have such a bond is absolutely incredible. You know, I don't have that kind of bond with half the people that I've worked with, and they're humans, for Christ's <laughs> sake. So, I mean... You know, I'm always, always, always blown away by that for sure. Now, is that is that the only dogs you guys have right now, or who else do you have? Is it just is it just Desi and Tyson? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I had the last dog I had had to be who I raised from a pup. Um, his name was Cato. Um, I suffered a pretty serious injury myself personally, so the dog was way too young to sit with me and wait on the sidelines to see what was happening. So. Um, we agreed to turn him over to another handler and he's currently working still, um, which makes me really happy because I had him from about eight weeks old and saw him grow and grow until about two years old. And I just had to, had to let him go, let him go and do his thing. Cause I was holding him back. So, um, yeah, he was my, the last dogs I don't have anymore. And then the one I, I, another one I had, his name was, uh, Coda. He's, they're all, all my dogs. There's all our dogs are special, but he'd be the one that's closest to my heart because, he, who I had from eight weeks old as well, raised, saw right through, um, trained with him, finished training fairly quickly. And uh, he worked right from two years till just past eight years old. 
Nice. So I got a good full six years out of him. Nice. Um, he was around through when I met my wife, when my three kids were born, um, all through until just this summer. He he passed away this summer. But uh, yeah, so he's he's uh, some of what some of what we I do on my end is in kind of in honor of him. So again it's that bond between handler and you know dog service dog like it's just like i said it's shocking to say and to say that people don't quite understand that is an understatement for sure so yeah 100 percent. now could you guys give me a, a pretty good idea and again this is because it's familiarized i want to make sure that people are familiar with the actual process and everything else so could you one of you guys walk me through what a typical career for one of the pds canine units would be from pup up to retirement. Aaron, you want to take the beginning because you did more of the RCMP model. I did more of the city model or two years full model. Yeah, sure. So more or less um, the RCMP model, which um, we'd followed, was you attach as an understudy or quarry or whatever you want to call it, like you said. You work with them. You learn about them. Once they trust you enough and see what you're, what you're about, they send you on with the puppy imprinting course in Alberta. And then they ship you out a dog and you start getting some hands-on training with the little eight-week-old, ten-week-old dogs. And you go through, you know, quarterly quarterly tests with those dogs and they kind of assess the dog as well as yourself, but you're working directly underneath somebody. And, um, yeah, and it's, it can, again, like Jay said, it's timing, you know, whether it's municipal world or RCP or a lot of it's timing. Retirements and dogs going down or people just moving on. So some people do coring or imprinting for 10 years some people do five it really depends and it depends what part of the country you're in too so um yeah that's kind of in a nutshell that's more or less what happens and then when you you go through what they have uh the rcmp model has a bit of a selection process and then you get into into training center Nice. And then the dogs themselves, they're bred for the particular purpose, which would be just that. It's not like they're going around for all, like, you know, going to different kennels and picking up different breeds and everything else. These dogs are just bred for this particular purpose. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And the RCP, they have their own breeding program. Um, and in the municipal world, there's more of a, I guess you'd call it, I guess, Jay, would you call it more of a broker thing where they broker dogs from all over the world, more or less? But yeah, Jay can we'll talk about that. Yeah. They'll, they'll have brokers. Uh, I know Vancouver, Delta have, have uh, used a broker in Washington State and uh, California. Uh, Tyson actually came from Washington State when he was sold to Vancouver Police. And uh, so uh, sometimes Vancouver and other municipal forces, they won't get the quarry or the imprinting time, sorry, that uh, the RCMP guys will get because you're not raising pups as much. Uh, Whereas the RCMP guys, they're raising pups for, for several years where we might get a dog that is 14, 16, 18 months old. Um, they're still young, but they're they're mature enough to train. And that's where we'll take them on and, and start the bonding and start the training with them. Nice. So then usually on an average basis, how long would you say that the actual pups are with you guys? And just not even so pups, but as a dog, when they go right to handler, like they actually go into full service to the time they end up in retirement. I would generally say working around two and then they retire eight or nine, you know, some earlier, some later. There's no real firm retirement date. Some are medically out earlier. Um, so it all depends on how they're doing health wise. But I would say you're going to get a safe number would be six years. Okay. 
so even then like six years of just hard going at it and especially like searching that on even just on their bodies the health like you said if they help they medical out so to speak it's sort of like us when it comes to it you know their bodies might break down you know whatever it might be you know genetically who who knows really what the cause is right but you say it's probably about between six to eight like you said six to eight years kind of deal i would say absolutely yeah Okay, so I'm just kind of curious, Jay, so when they actually retire, and maybe you might be able to answer this one as well too, when they retire, what happens from there? Because a lot of people just assume that they're taken on and given this nice little home inside the police detachment until the end of day, so to speak. So what actually happens? Uh, When they retire, they're signed over. Usually the department will charge you about a dollar because there has to be some sort of transaction. So it's a really cheap dog, but what you're getting is a is you're getting a well-used dog and uh, you love him to bits so you're going to do what you can to give him his best retirement. But for the most part, from what I've seen, most handlers want to take their their retired dogs and they'll become a family dog. However, uh, some dogs have to go you know, elsewhere, maybe to a farm or someone else that can handle a dog that, that is an ex-police dog. Uh, because the new handler maybe got a new dog and they don't get along or or their yard isn't big enough there's certain certain circumstances where they'll need to you know find another home for the the retired dog which which most people don't want to do but it has to happen and Ange can speak to how spoiled they get once they get home (laughs) it's my job to domesticate them onto the couch and how's that process (laughs) (laughs) i started it early i just didn't tell jay (laughs) <laughs> nice because all i see is from the instagram accounts of that all you see is the tug of wars yeah they play all day long that's all they want to do tyson and desi are the best of friends and yeah that's literally all they do and morning till night they play tug of war so when it comes to those two so they've actually been around each other for quite amount of a long period of time because you're saying that tyson was first desi came around after the fact now they're both retired is that correct so desi's out as well so they are just living, so to speak, the life. They now have their tug of war games, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, it's a, a senior's way of playing. They can't really chase the ball too much because they're getting old. So they just kind of stand there and uh, and play face off. <laughs> you, still, you still have to walk them. You still take them for walks daily because you need they need their exercise because you can't just let them roam around the house. You got to get them out, and so it's it's still a, a big commitment even when they retire, but you know, it's worth it. You got this dog, you're, you know, your family's safe because no one's coming into your yard or your house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They see that thing in the window. I'm not going anywhere near that place. Yeah. Yeah, Especially if they ever knew that they're like ever been bit before or something like that, there have been contact before they're like, Ooh, I'm not going near that one. Especially the furry one too. Right. From the logo. So is that, I'm just kind of curious now. We're obviously going to talk about uh, support retired legends and the actual charity and the fundraising that you're doing right now for them. But the actual logo, who is, is that Tyson? Yes. So that's Tyson on the logo, on the hats and everything else. Like probably one of the best logos I've seen in a really, really, really long time. So super excited about that. But I'm kind of curious guys, and a big part of this whole thing is the support. So what kind of support, when we talk about support, maybe financial, anything like that, what kind of support is there after once they go, because I know Jay, you're saying that it's usually like it's one dollar, you know, if that be the case, if there's an exchange there, but you're getting a whole lot of used dog, but an amazing dog nonetheless. So what happens when it comes to support for these dogs that have done so much for us? It depends on where you're at. 
or where I guess where where you are in the country and which city you're in. I don't know every city across Canada what they do. I know Vancouver does have the foundation and they will uh, supply dog food for retired dogs and they will help out with medical bills um, through the Vancouver Police Foundation. But um, for us, for for you know RCMP retired dogs for for other city dogs, basically when they're once you pay that dollar and you signed over. You know, they've signed over liability to you. They're yours. You're you're paying out of your pocket for their their food, for their vet bills. So really, it's it's just a piece of of police equipment basically um, across Canada. From what I've seen, from what I've experienced, is it's like when your battery dies in your flashlight, you you throw it in the garbage, right? So that's what that's what we're all about. Is we're trying to change that mentality and uh, bring awareness. Exactly. And it's probably the biggest shave that I've ever heard of. I would have assumed, and, and you know, I've got 12 years on the job right now and worked in several different places, posts is my fourth post right now. And I've dealt with several different PDS handlers. I, I, I didn't have a clue. I had no idea that there was no support after that. What I would have assumed as a member and as a, a law enforcement officer here in Canada was that those particular dogs would have support until the end of time. Because when we're dealing with it, we get a pension out of this whole thing. We get our benefits, get our services, whatever it might be, life insurance, you name it. But the being, you know, it, which has a soul, you know, all the rest of that stuff, those things are going into the dark, into the, the, the craziness every single day. They trust their handlers and we're throwing them in there and now they don't have any support whatsoever. Yeah. Like, it, it, I just, I, I was blown away by this, hence why I'm so big on this. And, and I love the fact that you guys are doing this initiative right now. So guys, tell me a little bit about the initiative then. Like, explain, I'd love to hear a little bit more about support retired legends itself. Now, obviously it has some grassroots, but I kind of want you guys to kind of, if you guys can give us a bit about what's going on with that. Andrew, you want to... Andrea, take that. Well, I can kind of explain where it kind of started. So last year tyson ended up getting really sick he ended up getting an infection in his shoulder with a like an infected abscess so we oh. took it to the vet they put him on antibiotics um those unfortunately were not successful and he was just getting he was deteriorating um so he had he got to the point where he couldn't even walk uh, he had a really high fever so we took him back to the vet a few days later um and they just said look he's gonna have to go to the hospital um, he's going to have to get either another type of antibiotics or there might be something else going on. So we ended up taking him to Emerge. They did a multitude of, of exams um, and they said, look, we've done every test. We've confirmed it's just an infected abscess. He's going to be okay. He doesn't have cancer. Um, we can fix this. We can do surgery for him, but it's going to cost upwards of nine to ten thousand dollars so at that point i had a little bit of a meltdown because i didn't expect it to be so expensive in my head i was like okay like two thousand dollars i was preparing myself for i was i just wasn't expecting it to be so high so when they kind of broke that news i just kind of had a meltdown i said how are we going to be able to how are we going to afford this like this is crazy and, and then i was actually i started to get angry because i was like you know what after everything he's done for his community as a, as a police dog, like I just, it's frustrating to know that he's not going to have any of his medical bills paid for. So we ended up just saying, you know what, let's just put it on our credit card. I don't care. He's going to be, he's going to work through this. He's, 
essentially our fur child. We want to give him a chance. Um, so we, he had the surgery. And then Jay had heard, you had heard about Ned's wish through someone. I, I had heard about Ned's wish prior, but I had never really communicated with them or registered Tyson. So we reached out to Ned's wish and we said, look, we've heard of your foundation. We heard you might be able to assist with medical bills for retired police dogs. And they said, absolutely, you've come to the right place. Um, Stacy, the founder, was absolutely amazing with us. She said, you know what, like, here, here's a registration form. We'll get you guys registered. We're going to be able to help you. Um, they helped us cover a large portion of the bills right away and helped us uh, fundraise. So at that point, I was just like, oh, my goodness, like, this is such an amazing foundation. I want to be able to give back to these guys. So I sat on it for probably about six months just pondering about what can I do to try to help raise money for these guys. So then at that point, I said, I think I want to just try to do some sort of like a clothing fundraiser. I'll do a hoodie and I'll come up with some sort of slogan um, that just kind of represents a cause for these retired police dogs. And they do have similar programs in the States. There is um, Project Canine Hero in the States. So they're, they're a foundation that raises um, money for their retired police dogs. And I was like, well, we don't have anything like that in Canada um, other than Ned's Wish, but I would like to do something apparel-wise to try to raise money and raise awareness for these dogs. So at that point, I ended up finding almost like an e-commerce site in the States uh, that actually fulfilled um, like apparel orders without me having to stock everything at my house because I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I want to do that. So I actually designed it and people were able to buy uh, support retired legends with um, with the little Tyson head on hoodies. But then we were having the issue with because if it was coming from the States, it was taking forever to get across the border. And honestly, I wasn't thrilled with the quality. So I was a little bit like frustrated because I was like, oh, man, I feel bad. Like people are buying these hoodies and these T-shirts and they're not the kind of quality that I would put in. So I said to my husband, I said, look, I think I want to do this properly. I think I want to do it a correct way. Let me see if I can do it locally and, you know, try to support a Canadian small business in terms of the printing and, and the purchasing and the supplying, and then at least keep it in Canada and, and know that the product is, is good quality. So we ended up finding a supplier in Canada and finding um, a printer just a few blocks away. And they, they turned out fantastic. And so we said, okay, does anyone, you know, want to buy any of these hoodies just locally as a fundraiser? And we were able to raise $2,500 in just a matter of a few weeks. Wow. By just selling them locally to just people around the department. And That's awesome. And, and then more and more people were, were asking for them. And I said, you know what, like we should actually, we should actually just come up with our own company and just donate all the proceeds to Ned's Wish just as, as a way to give back to these guys. Yeah, we were we were extremely humbled by how Ned's Wish helped Tyson. And we were, we were extremely humbled by the fundraising and, and how much people uh, love the dogs and wanted to help them. And uh, so that's basically how things got, got rolling here for Support Retired Legends. I know um, Aaron has another story that you can share, but for us that... It was, it was basically Tyson needing help, and uh, and the community came together and, and, and helped us out. It's huge. 
Yeah, that's it's absolutely amazing. And the fact you guys have been able to do this since 2020, right? You've been doing this during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. I think we I think we started around November, like November, December, and just kind of got the ball rolling from there. So it's been like five months and to get the response that you guys are seeing right now, that's that's incredible. You guys have done an amazing job. This is this is just reason another reason why I wanted to have you guys on here and Mike and I were excited to have you on. Now, and Aaron, you said that there was something else that you wanted to add as well too and an experience that you've had, right? Yeah, so look, here's a cool part and some background even more to this story is um, <laughs> my wife and Ange go back to university. So before <laughs> Jay, Jay and I even knew our wives, our wives knew each other. And then uh, Jay and I worked on the same dog unit as well. And so concurrently for me, as this was all going on in the background um, with Ange, Jay, and, and Tyson's illness and, and, and the uh, medical care needed for him, I had sat down with my brothers. Um, they're, they're both law enforcement as well. I have four brothers, but three of them are law enforcement as well. And we were like, wow, we should start something up for, there's a lot of these causes for like veterans and military and apparel and stuff. There was nothing really for, not a lot anyways, up in Canada. And I thought specifically for dogs. And so little did I know that, you know, fast forward, Ange and Jay started doing it. But like most people, I dragged my heels on it. So it was back 2017, 2018, like I said, dragged my heels on it, found a way to be busy, just ignore it. I was scared of failing, putting myself out there and then not having a great response. So I sat on it, sat on it. And then what ended up happening is... Um, cause I was still working a dog. And like I said, I found a way to be busy. I, um, my dog started getting sick and then I got in a really serious car accident and while I was training a dog. So I can't speak too much about that, that because it's under the legal system, but it basically took away my dog career. So then I had to turn around. So like Angie and Jay's story, how it formed for them was Tyson needed care. Well, for my story is I needed care. And part of my healing was to find, and I saw my dog deteriorating and he ended up passing away that summer. But what I found was how can I stay involved? How do I still give back if I can't work a dog and help train dogs and, and raise dogs and help other handlers raise successful dogs? How can I give back? And that's how I started looking at it. And then once Sanjay and Jay released their support retired legend stuff, I immediately basically we FaceTime each other and here we are. Yeah. And it's amazing how those types of stories we see more and more these days. And when it really comes down to it, it's we're looking within to be able to find that support that's out there. And then, you know, by what sometimes feels like chance, you have the ability to get involved in something like this. You know, like you said, sometimes we're afraid of failure. Sometimes we're afraid just to go and jump into the deep end, so to speak. It's like, you know what, I could probably swim and float, but what happens if I sink down to the bottom, right? But in this particular case, look like what has come out of this is absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I really got to echo that as well. The fact that uh, all three of you taken what, you know, it has uh, really kind of negative connotations. And I think it's you all had situations where other people would perhaps turtle in or close off or, you know, fall into the slippery slope of depression and 
add all the stresses that a first responder's job ties in on a regular basis to everything else that you guys have got going on. The fact that the three of you have turned this around into something amazing, you've reached out and gotten the community involved and you're bringing a voice to something that the community cares about. I don't think there's anyone out there that would argue against the care of sick and needy animals. So the fact that these are animals that have put their lives on the line in the protection and service of the communities in which they reside, I think just takes it to a whole nother level. I, I honestly, I hope the support retired legends movement catches like wildfire and just burn through the whole country. It's really something amazing. And I can't wait to get the message out to more people. Thank you. Thank you. Really yeah, that's awesome. So, guys, and, and this is a big thing. I, I, I want to know what's going on for the future with support retired legends. This is the biggest thing that we have, especially when it comes to a, a social media driven world that we're in today. Obviously, you guys have your Instagram pages. You have your website as well, too. Uh, what's going on in the future for you guys? Well, it's kind of horrible to say, but as, you know, Michael J. Fox might have said is he hopes one day his foundations and everything would fail and the reason for that is because he wants a cure for his illness and yeah. i don't want to see us our company fail but at the same time i want all dogs and service animals to be cared for by the the government mm -hmm. across canada and would that make our company fail maybe but we could always do things uh in a different way to bring awareness for, for police dogs, but um, moving forward, uh, we want this thing to get big and we want to, to bring awareness. I know um, right now Poland is forward thinking. They're actually trying to pass a bill in Poland right now out of Warsaw that would fund all uh, ex-police dogs and horses, um, service animals like that, yeah. they, would, they would fund their, basically give them a pension and that, that would be funded by taxpayers' money. They're trying to pass a bill right now for that. So I'm just watching watching the media on, on that type of uh, um, endeavor. So I don't know, there, there's there's things in the works, there's things in the future. And yeah, I think Aaron, uh, I don't know if you want to share anything about, about that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's things coming. There's things coming. Obviously, it's, <laughs> it's difficult with COVID, uh, you know, reaching yeah. out to partners and other community sponsors and stuff. So things are delayed. You know, normally we'd have meetings in person. Things are on Zoom and back and forth on email. So things are taking way longer for releasing other things. But there's there's plans in the works. And, yeah, maybe they'll be great. Maybe they won't. But we're going to try. We're going to continue to try and push and, and carry this movement on and our like I say our, our our dogs nationally they can't speak to every city or every municipality what happens but nationally they, our dogs are stuck with their owners like the dogs we have, you know all of us we have bad days or have a bad job or we don't like the city we live in what do we do we pick up and move we go find something else that makes us happier makes us you know a little more successful or turns our lives around dogs are stuck with us you know so we need to i believe change um take and, and give them some care give them a little bit better support a little bit better medical system and, and make them as happy as possible because they, they they've all been willing to get hurt or die for us and really they short of 
you know, depending on what their owner gives them, they don't, they don't get much. So, or they don't get enough. Or if there's a big bill, the owner might go, ah, maybe I'll, I got to wait till next payday to do that. And you know what I mean? So we're going to take that, take that control or that decision out of their home, their owner and say, you know what, you're not alone on this. We'll give you some help. And well, we have some resources and some sponsors and some stuff to give to, to give these dogs the support they need. So I think there's the other stuff coming in the future. Well, you'll have to have us back on when we're ready for that release. Cause it's something's coming. Uh, something coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so. we we are going to have you guys back on. We are definitely going to do that. Uh, love to have a regular thing going on. But right now, I want to give you guys the opportunity to be able to promo support retired legends. Tell us where we can get the stuff, what kind of swag we can pick up, how we do it, and just hit me with the general details. How we can we support? How can the people out there listening right now support the initiative? Okay, well, I guess I'll talk about this because... Um I had, I, about three months ago, I didn't even know what e-commerce was. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, because we didn't really know how to podcast, so that's fine. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's funny how you just kind of learn on the fly, which is exactly what I've had to learn how to do. Um, but you can find us at www.supportretiredlegends.com. Um, there is our, our website where you can shop. It, it, it explains all about um, our cause, and you can shop our entire collection there. We've got an assortment of pullover hoodies, zip hoodies, a bunch of different styles. We've got T-shirts, V-necks, crewnecks. We've got kids' clothes. Um, what else do we have? We've got mugs. And the latest that we just released on the weekend were the, the snapback hats. Oh my goodness, those sold like hotcakes. So I, I couldn't get one. I know, I'm sorry they sold out so fast. I did not think they were gonna, I knew like some of them were gonna sell fast because I thought they looked pretty nice. You know, but, I, I gotta jump in here and just let you know that is honestly my one criticism is everything that I've tried to order has been sold out. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. I'm patient. I know there'll be more eventually, and I'm checking Every it out. Everything's on order. We actually are sending a bunch more stuff to the embroiders and to the printers this week. So within the next, hopefully, the next week or two, we'll have more stock. But holy, I had like probably about 35 messages about the hats, what time they were going to be released. Like people were actually screenshotting saying, "I'm waiting for when the hats were going to be released." I said, oh my goodness, I don't know if we're going to have enough. And yeah, we didn't. So, so I've, I've ordered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, I mean, obviously we won't keep you guys very much longer, but what's the reach been like so far? Like, obviously you guys are based out of the, the greater Vancouver area. Now, are you starting to see that spread across BC or where, where's it going? So we're actually, I'm, I'm finding I'm shipping stuff all across Canada now. Nice. Um, all the way to Newfoundland. Um, and I, I've actually found that there's been a big following in Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. Um, and actually w one of the, um, one of the purchasers actually said that they ended up buying a bunch for the entire department and that they actually spoke to, um, their chief who, who agreed to, to assist with medical bills for their retired police dogs. And that is amazing. I mean, even if we're just slowly getting the message across, it is making a difference. And just to know that that's actually happening across Canada it's making it worthwhile. Absolutely. Now, 
And guys, that's fantastic. So we've got full right across the country. We've got from BC all the way to Newfoundland. I am stoked. I'm excited. This sounds like there's some amazing stuff going on right now. I cannot wait to get more stuff. I cannot wait for that sold out sign to get the hell yeah. off of that website. <laughs> Guys, on that note, I got to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know, you know, well, on behalf. I'm, I'm Go gonna, ahead, Mikey. I'm going to mess you up there, so you're going to have to redo that. I'm going to take advantage of the captive audience here and just uh, ask for a suggestion. And I know Mike's going to be excited when I suggest this for you guys. He said right at the beginning as we started talking, you guys have a cool logo. It's awesome. Uh, and I think it's going to really help jumpstart the awareness of your cause let's get a patch Ooh. Ooh. i was actually gonna ask mike <laughs> if he had any for my department yet uh it's abby abby yeah i only have the basic abby from probably about five six uh, years ago uh you guys have been so forward thinking when it comes to and obviously my organization is a little bit of a dinosaur um when it comes to patches and that but i've seen some of the remembrance day patches i've seen obviously some of the memorial patches you guys got it got it set out in abby uh, in, incoming incoming oh dude i'm so excited about that mike you just had to do the plug eh but yes our uh, <laughs> our embroidery guy uh that does our hats uh we're looking into uh velcro patches for awesome that's yeah that's throw it on their dog uh exterior exterior vest or yeah. they'll jacket or put it on their wallboard right so we're looking into that i so. can't wait yeah guys and and again like i said um on behalf of the unreasonable grounds podcast thank you so much for coming on the podcast today um obviously guys and like Ange was saying go out check out the website check out the instagram pages however you're going to do it just find the website pick up some swag wait for that sold out sign to get the hell off the page and go and pick up whatever you can to be able to support this cause. There is nothing more that I can say. I'm a hands talker. I'm talking with my hands. This is what I do. I get excited about this. This is a cause that I have been so excited about for the last month. And I'm stoked to be able to get you guys on. Guys, thank you so much on behalf of everybody at the podcast. And I cannot wait to get you guys back on. Thanks for having us. Right on. Thanks for having us. Lights, sirens, heroes, you're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast.